Welcome to In the Box. Another Friday night. Yes, yo, sir. Yo, yo, yo. yo. What's good? Yes. God is good. Man, God, I'm trying to see what's behind Run's wall. What you got behind that wall there, man? Oh, you know, man. It's laying, brick, laying bricks and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Hey. Brand new. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we got Danny D-Ray on, man. Another Friday night. So we got a special guest, me, that's in the house, man. We got a great show for you. And um, we, we, it's, it's going to be good, man. We're going to get into it. All right, we're gonna be right back. Fundamentals and build blocks. Turn to advice when I'm in that spot. When I got questions, and that's a lot. Perfect time to hear from Rico in the box. Love yo, yo, yo. Hey, man. I love it. Shout love out, it. shout out to my, shout out, shout out, shout out to my dude, Radiant. Radiant. Yes. Radiant, man. Radiant. That's Radiant, man, dropping the vocals, man. Uh, yes. Radiant got some new stuff coming for you, man. It's going to be good. Be good. D-Ray, man. What's going good. on? What's good? What's good, man? What's what you got going on this weekend, D-Ray? Oh, boy. Uh, making some music, hopefully. And, uh, you know, laying the groundwork for a few things. Staying All out right. of trouble. That's that's not gonna happen. Yeah, but that's gonna happen. Here, neither here, neither there. And and, so. and I've made a vow. I've made a vow that I'm not gonna play Xbox as much, so I don't have to bring it up as much. Oh, like we're trying to get ready for Roku, Roku, Amazon, dude. We're trying to put these shows up. You know that last two weeks, and you still want to talk about that Xbox? Look, look, Man, look, you gonna you get this business? Next, next if you guys play, if you guys play uh, Xbox. My handle is the shadow. I'm gonna put it up here tonight. Don't and the only it. thing you got to do, hey, we are gonna play because we gonna we gonna have a little tournament. We gonna we probably gonna have an MIM man tournament. That'll be good. That'll MIM, what if y'all like that man? Put something in the chat. That's we gonna have an MIM in the box Madden tournament, yeah. and uh, we gonna have we gonna have a prize, man. We gonna whoever win that prize gonna win some services. What's going on? What's going on, Demetrius? What's going on? What's going on, bro? All right. What's up? What's up? What's up? So we got a couple of housekeeping things, man, that we're gonna do as well. Uh, let's not forget about our homie, man. Uh, GS Shoulder Soldier, GS man. Go check him out. He's dope. Yes, he um, yeah, man. His wife produces music as well, man. He's good people, man. Down to earth, man. Real cat, man. He ride. He rides with Canton, man. Um, don't forget to pick up my homie, man, Big Phil Quarantine Dreams. Yes, 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 sir. Dope. Go check it out. Uh, Phil doing his thing. Phil be singing and rhyming, man. You know, Phil be Phil be getting it in. So he, if you all know what's up with Big Phil, man, you really ain't plugged in. And then we got on run. Critical Dialogue. That's right. Tuesday nights, George, Julie and Andrew Crawley. We talk about biblical, uh, I mean, talk about controversial issues with a biblical perspective. So check us out, 8.30 p.m. Hey, it gets good, all right, for sure. Oh, yeah, that was that was good last week. Yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> and then I was going to get Thursday nights, all right? Hey, at 9 o'clock, it's Music Industry Makeover, giving you marketing and promotional tips and telling you things about the industry. Man, the guys did a great show last week. Hey, we all we all work together as a team here. We are MIM, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. You guys so. need to go watch that show, man, from last night that we did. Good. It's a good show, man. Very informative. If you want to really understand, get some information. Cause y'all, y'all can't be making excuses, man. Cause we'll be giving y'all niggas, man. I mean, we'll, right. we'll be clowning and having fun, man. But 
Right. You know, everything is about knowledge, man, and information. And, and that's why we, we, we're doing the show in the box, because we want to try to bring on artists that are every day down to earth. I'm never going to have, or we're never going to have, nobody on this show that's a prima donna, that's stuck up. Yeah. I've had, you know, we, we don't we don't have some people on, and everybody is down to earth, and they're sharing with you some how-tos, some best practices. You know, everybody that's in the music space, man, got something to share that you can add to your life as well. And let's not forget about uh, Dice Gamble. Uh, she's doing CFA <laughs> University, man. And uh, be sure, man, that you guys, man, support. You want to learn how to do some things, and uh, she's putting a lot of work into it as well. And uh, we got some promotions, $15. You know, we got one more month, man, for this price. So basically, if you want to promote a song on this show, on Eminem, on MIM, $15 is not a lot of money as well. But of course, that price is going to change over the first. Then it's going to change again January 1 as well. And we also have song critique. So, you know, if you don't have an A&R, you're not on the label, you can kind of get with me, Danny D. Ray. We actually go through your song. $15, you buy our time so we can kind of let sure your instrument placements are good you know kind of help you before you sing your song go to mix and master because you know when you when you actually sing your song and you need to fix some stuff man then it's already mastered man you you got to go back and go back to your session man and redo it again so sometimes if you can catch something sometimes man you know someone can take an ear hear something that may, yeah, let's, let's shift this around maybe pan this a little bit you know maybe take that song take that sound out because sometimes man it's, it's a matter of what sounds you're using when you're putting your songs together. You know what I mean? I've, I've heard a lot of music and, and a lot of you guys, man, got some talent, but you're not really musicians. And because you're not a musician, Danny and I are musicians, but because you're not a musician, you don't really understand authenticity of an instrument, right? You know, and, and how I, who, go ahead, who's, who's trying to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that would be a great show that if we cover production technique and the thing, the thing that I would like to call psychoacoustics. And, and basically it is uh, having your listener believe that, that what you're playing is a real instrument, you know, um, and that comes with study, that comes with learning what an actual, what actual instruments sound like, how they're supposed to be EQ'd, where they're supposed to be spaced, um, you know, and and I think that would be a good show that we just, you know, and maybe invite another producer on and just, you know, show well, I was the most I, things I, of the game. And while we was th talking about it, I was thinking about creating this podcast called Producers Logic. Oh, nice. Right? That would be good. That would that be good. good. Yeah. I, was, I was playing with it in my mind, and I was like, you know, if because, you know, we have five or six producers on, and we all have a different, you know, and I have had different producers on for different, you know, um, uh, sections of music or genres of music and do this show called Producers Logic and we can talk about things that as producers let we go through and, and help another young producers up, man, if it's, if it's gear, you know, how to navigate. So y'all think that's a great idea, man? Producers oh, Logic? I think that's an awesome idea. Awesome idea, definitely. Hey, look, I want to give a shout out to my man DJ Ray from the Reverb Show and they, they, they just tuned us in, the Reverb Live Show and everything. Man, he said he finally caught up with it, so Thank you. So that's what's up, man. Shout out on, yeah. And then uh, let's not forget just life on Sundays, yeah. Uh, with Wednesdays and Sundays, man, with Pastor Ricky and myself, man. This show is about life. Right now, we're we're dealing with the blended family. Uh, a lot of times, man, situations happen in life, man, and you don't really have someone to actually, 
lean on. And it's kind of hard sometimes doing stuff by yourself. Man, we got to stop, especially men. And you, we got to stop trying to be hard, man. And, um, and, 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 and kind of sometimes it's good to be soft. And then sometimes our softness, man, kind of can help us deal with certain situations. You can't be, you can't, you can't be, you can't be a punk all the time, right? You can't be soft all the time. You gotta be able to have backbone as a man, right? But you can't be Thor all the time either, swinging that hammer and destroying everybody and everything. You know, what I mean, you gotta be able to have that balance. You know what I'm saying? So that's, right. that's what we do on Just Life, man. We teach you how to have that balance. So without further ado. We get ready to bring on me. Make sure y'all share this out now. Share it out if you can. Me, Ebony, in the house. Hey. Hey. Can y'all hear me? Oh, we can hear you fine. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Glad to have you, man. What's going on, me? What's what you what's what's happening? What you getting ready for this weekend? You asked. Um, I'm actually getting ready to go back to work full time on Monday, but um. We've had a lot of downtime during the pandemic. And of course, Danny and I have been writing and listening and we have a lot of unfinished business as far as music goes, but a lot of exciting things that we're working on. So, um, and disclaimer, while I'm here, keep in mind that you have both parents online and the kids might get tired in a minute and pop out. So <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> so so in, in case you guys didn't know, this is Danny D-Ray, D-Ray's wife. Yeah, this is his wife. Right? right, you know he's a producer, she's a singer. You know, man, Beyonce and Jay Z, but they don't sing. But you know, it's great when you have two uh, creators in the house. And uh, so you know, it's been we, we I've been wanting to get your own man, and uh, we we've been kicking it with Danny and uh, Danny, good guy, man. And uh, I'm still gonna get him. I'm gonna put this put this Madden work on him. <laughs> you know, we gonna talk that. We gonna talk that trash, yeah. man. Danny probably can't be hitting the reset button. You throw a ball on <laughs> Y'all, listen. Y'all watching right now. Y'all, everybody knows somebody that played Madden. That when you start throwing balls on and run on, break, break the tackle. Like how you do that with that skinny? And hit the reset. You know, y'all like back in the day. We used to play. We used to play that. Uh, that Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis. Yeah. Uh, Sega yeah. Genesis. Mm -hmm. And Joe get mad and hit the reset button, like, man, what's going on? So that's what Danny gonna do. So, but anyway, me, we glad to have you. So I, you. I wanna, I wanna jump in. When did you first start singing? I know you do a lot of a lot of things, but when did you first start singing? Okay, I've always sang. Like as a child, I always loved singing. I always went to church and loved and couldn't wait until I was old enough for them to let me be in the choir. So I've always sang. Um, I started singing, I guess, in public at church. I can't even name the age, but beyond that, I sang in middle school and got a lot of culture there. I sang in high school, choirs, talent shows, everything. So I've always sang. I've always sang for as long as I can remember. So so, uh, so now when it comes to your, your singing ability, did you have a coach or did you just start on your own? Did you just kind of listen to songs and repeated songs? What did um, you do to kind of hone in your, you know, to, to, like, to get honed in on your craft? If you ask my mom, I just sang all the time and I would never shut up. <laughs> so I always kind of, I just sang on my own. As I got older, probably into my 30s, I started having the desire to have a coach. And so I started watching videos and listening and learning to people who do talk about uh, singing and protecting your voice and how to do this and how to do that. So I'm always looking for um, a way to make sure that I keep my voice where I need it to be or improve it. 
Um, but beyond that, I haven't had, I'm, I guess you can count chorus as some slightly, you know, formal training because they do teach you about singing in choir. They don't say just come in here and sing. They teach you about using your voice. So I guess uh, in those minor ways, I've always had some kind of vocal direction. Did you, was it, was it really hard when you started? Did you, was you just kind of born with it? Did you say, well, man, you know, I need to work on a couple of things or I need to kind of go around another, you know, how, how did they receive you? Because of course, being a church musician or church singer, a lot of times you, you're learning in church, but you're not really received because there's so much jealousy there. And um, it's kind of hard to kind of come up. What was your experience like? My experience was kind of the opposite of that. I was always received very well, always asked to sing. And my mom was always my biggest fan. My baby can sing, y'all come and hear her. But me, believe it or not, I was always very, very shy. And I never wanted to be out front and I never wanted to voluntarily do anything. And I dealt with that for a very, very, very long time. And in my younger years, I learned that at some point that was about comparison and hearing something that I loved and wanted to sound that way or wanted to make my voice do this and that. And it takes for you to kind of, I guess, mature or recognize that you have your own sound. So I, I didn't start out wanting to go, go, go and sing and present myself. It's something I kind of grew into. And I'm still really humble about it. Like I... I look for opportunities to do things, but I don't always put myself out front like, hey, singer in the room. But I'm always um, appreciative <laughs> when people invite me because people always receive me way more than I, um, I guess, more than I applaud myself. So I, 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 I kind of watched you perform live and we don't get a lot of because, you, you know, now you have a lot of people that want to sing and it's totally different singing in the studio than singing in front of people. Right. What are some of the fears that you actually had to get over, get over to sing? And how did you get over it? Did, you know, because some people would look at, take a spot in the audience and look at something and then pick another spot and look, you know, what did you do to get over your fear of performing? And, and, and when, you know, you know, when were you just confident performing? But that's kind of, it's tough. I am confident performing, but I have never gotten over my fear. I'm afraid every time. Um, and I think that's part of what keeps me humble um, because I'm my biggest critic. And I'm always like, I want to make sure I hit the right notes. I want to make sure I take enough breaths. I'm, I'm a thinker about you know things that I probably shouldn't think about. I should just go do it. But once I'm actually on stage, I guess you've probably heard this a lot. Once I start singing and I feel what's going on, then I can just do it. But before I get up there, it's the bubble guts. It's the nervous. I sweat. I do all of the above. I'm still a very nervous performer. And Danny would tell you that every time, why are you scared? It's going to be good. It's going to be fine. But that's just who I've always been. And, and in the studio, I hope I'm not jumping ahead of your questions, no, no, but in the, in the studio and the funniest part about me being in the studio, it is usually with Danny. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, oh, a totally, <laughs> he's a totally, he's a totally different man. It's like, I, all business. Know. I don't love you right now. I mean, I love you, but I'm not babying you. I'm not giving you hugs. It's all business. So do that again. Do this again. Do it this way. Do it that way. What are you thinking about? No, you don't need to think about that. You need to let it. You know, it's like I have to I'm, really get out of my feelings because sometimes how, I take it personal and I can't. How, how many nights did D-Ray have to sleep on the sofa after the studio session? Um, <laughs> this is an adult show, right? Never because it actually gets nope. me excited right. when he's producing. Right. So. Okay, then, all right. That's what I'm like, yeah. looking for. 
Um, it's like it's like my favorite DJ. It's like my favorite DJ kind of thing. So I love what he does. It excites me. Gotcha. That's all right. That's all right. All right, man. You got plans, but y'all are y'all are pandas. Y'all got me out guard. I was trying to I was trying to knock him gotcha. in the head. She just she just stayed to do. I love it. I love to see him work. Yeah, I love to see him work. Tell me this, What is you know a lot is happening in the music business, and you're independent. Your husband is independent. You know, he has some artists. He's managing artists. You know, manages you as well. But what are some of your thoughts about the progression of music of today as it relates to independent artists? And I know Danny talks a lot about stuff, but what are your thoughts and where it's headed? I think the plat I think the platform for independent artists is really great um, because where people are used to people being independent. Um, it also is kind of saddening um, how hard you have to work now as an artist as compared to how they, you know, back in the day, I suppose it was much more fruitful to make an album, put a whole album out. People have to go and buy your music. But now you can find music anywhere. You can uh, download it. Um, you can stream it for next to nothing. <laughs> so it has its moments of uh, discouragement, especially when you feel like you have a real craft. Because um, one thing about myself that I'll tell you, I love my voice, but I like my writing abilities even better than that. And I think Danny and I as a team, we, we write really, really well. So I believe that um, if we could make it even uh, maybe even greater as songwriters, independent songwriters, I would absolutely love that. But the singing part and the fans and getting all that stuff, he's the numbers person. I don't get into that because it'll make me emotional if I look at numbers and it's not what I think it should be. So I try not to even concern myself with that. I just use the gift that God gave me and it makes me happy. And I just um, always hope that it brings somebody else some joy. So when I hear things like that, that that's what makes me know that we're doing the right thing. So, you know, when you when you see a lot of changes that's coming, a lot of companies are always trying to innovate. And um, I'm, I'm really for independent artists. And I think when I first started doing music and I think every all of us, we want it on some level to 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 play on the mainstream. And when you finally get into that arena, you realize like, man, it's not what I thought it was. And you don't really understand the importance of owning anything. You know, how do you feel about legacy? You know, what do you feel? Although an artist, what do you say to, what do you mean, say to an artist that want to go mainstream, but, but don't really want to be independent because they don't have no money, you know, they want to they want someone to fund their dream mm. in, in your words. What's the what's the dangers in that? Could you you know what you know, what do you say to that person? I, I guess I don't really feel like it's a dangerous thing, but I feel like it's like throwing a needle in a haystack because a lot of people get uh, picked up by mainstream and you still never hear from them. Um, I think that they put forth the people that they want to put forth. If they feel like you have something, you know, then they'll try to make it work for you. Um, as far as the money part goes, again, I'm not the numbers girl, so I don't know the major differences in, ooh, I got picked up by a record company. You still have to win people over. You still have to be able to have shows. And right now, people can't do that. But but I like the innovation of people doing, you know, live shows online and things like that. I don't even remember what your question was. What was <laughs> I'm just talking. What was your question, though? I'm sorry. The question was, you know, what do you say to artists that oh. wanna that wanna go mainstream? Right. They don't they they don't they just they see the glitz and the glamour. I think they, we've been they, in the I 
think that we've been independent for so long and I've gotten to know so much about being an independent artist that I don't even think about that anymore. If somebody asked me about getting a record deal, I would probably say that's almost a foreign idea to me at this point. Um, I, I remember I, back I, in the day when I used to tell Danny, I want to get signed with Hidden Beach because I liked what they had and what they were doing. That I think that was when, wasn't Jill Scott like originally with them or something? And I loved yep. Hidden Beach and that was like my goal. But over time and learning more about the music industry, I was like, you know, I don't even think that's, if they don't, I'm not the kind of artist that's like, hey, here I am, pick me, pick me, pick me. And there's, I believe there's a certain thing with those big music companies that a person has to have. And I know that I have a lot, I have what I have, but I think there's just something extra, something different that they go for. And, you know, I don't know. It's, I just feel like, like I said, a needle in a haystack kind of a situation. Well, I know it got to be tough because your husband, you know, he is a numbers guy. He's a number, he's very analytical. Uh, he keeps up what, what happens. And I wouldn't expect you to, you know, um, desire to do mainstream. The reason why, the kind of question, the reason I asked that question, because it was kind of rhetorical, because we have a lot of artists that this is the greatest time that an independent artist could ever have. We've never seen this time before, right? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> digital music has taken a lot of the power out of the big companies because we talked a little bit on the show to say, you know, you used to have these reel to reels, and these reel to reel are four track or, or four track machines or six track machines. Um, they were like 48, 50,000, you know, 100,000, you know. People didn't have that kind of money to be able to have a studio in their house, you know. So you had to actually go to these companies to be able to get your music produced. You know, you didn't have any vinyl creating creating machines. Now you can buy the machines and you can cut your own vinyl, you know. Right. You know, if you got enough money, you know, you can 3D print a lot of things because technology has changed. And I think that a lot of artists um, just think it's hard being independent, but you got to start somewhere. So what are some of the, so go, you had something you want to say, Ron? No, I was just like, no, I was just, just uh, agreeing with you and things, you know. And, and again, you know, this is a great time as an independent artist to be a part of, this, of the music industry because you got you pretty much the world is your stage right now. But but you have to recognize that as an independent artist. I'm more of an even playing field. And even play, exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. Lamont say I completely agree with them choosing who they want to move forward, etc. <clears throat> and when they get picked up, it may last a season, but not much further. And <clears throat> you know, and the, and the thing is, I know as an independent heart, and because sometimes, man, we talk we talk hard. And I and, and I remember Danny said something the other night, you know, other day because on on a post I posted like, man, it's tough love. Sometimes you need tough love, man, to kick you in the gear. You can't, you know, just like me just said when she's in the studio, that's her <laughs> husband. And, uh, you know, he's like, man, I can't baby you right now. Sometimes you don't <laughs> need babying. You need somebody to tell you the truth, right? you know, on, on what's going on. And, and uh, what, are, what are some of the, you know, what are some things that you don't like about being an artist? What you don't like? I know you like, you know, but what are some things you don't like? You just really don't like at all about being an artist? I don't even know if that applies to me. I love being an artist. Um, I'm a singer. I'm a songwriter. I'm a poet. 
I'm not um, a great painter, but I like to paint. I think that my life kind of revolves about around art. Um, if I had to put this into it, um, it's nice to get paid for what you do. I was just so I guess that, that could be the only thing that I would say that if it was earning, you know, something greater, then that would be like an extra reward. You know, one reward is just being able to do it, period. But the other part of that is, hey, be nice to make some money or more money, you know, doing it. That's all. You know, that the hard one of the things that I hate about being in the position where I am, you know, having a lot of knowledge a lot of times is not a good thing. Because having a lot of knowledge, knowledge, it enables you to see a lot of details, like a lot of stuff that a lot of people would miss. And the one thing, man, that I hate is like when I meet an artist and the artist got so much potential and it gets really dope. Like there's an artist that I know. And this artist is so dope. Got a studio in his house, can record himself, you know, can mix and master. Like this artist is like super dope, like dope. But he he wants to do music with other people and they're not really showing him love. They're not really, you know, embracing him. They're not really, he's not really moving forward, you know, because, you know, maybe sometimes, man, people feel as though they can get into a car with somebody else. But sometimes it's not that. It's, it's about the car that you get into. You got to be able to get into a car with people that's moving in the direction that you want to go in. And until you can find that, it's best for you to be by yourself to protect your interests and to protect your, your ability to do your craft. What, what do you think about that, Me? How do you feel about that? I feel, like people, you, yeah. Go ahead. I feel like people don't give some artists a fair chance. Um, we kind of I'm just going to say we kind of experienced that here in my hometown. Um, I'm from here. Danny's not. I haven't always lived here because, you know, we traveled a lot. My dad was in the military. But when we came back and we tried to set some things up, we had a lot of um, a lack of showing up, if I could say it that way. You know, people that say they support. But then when you have a show or you invite them to do something, they don't show up. Um, and in some towns um, and of course, you have to leave your own town. But sometimes um you have to you have to get away from where you are to get the support. Most of, like Danny said earlier, I think uh, we have a lot of supporters overseas. I don't know if it's our style of music or whatever it is. We just happen to make a big impact with people overseas, which I love. Um, but I would also like to make uh, as great an impact here. And I can't say that we don't make an impact, but it just seems that the, uh, our overseas fans seem to be more supportive. They will stream it. They will download it. And they'll keep coming back every time we do something more often, um, as far as I can see. So, Ron, what, yeah, what, is, what do you think an artist's biggest obstacle as an artist in, in general? What, what do you what do you think is their biggest obstacle? Why they can't be successful? I think getting over themselves. Um, I think um, because I'm an artist, but I also know a lot of other artists. Uh, being your own worst critic sometimes, or you might have a person that's so arrogant that they can't work well with anybody and they always think it's the other person's fault. Can't nobody tell them anything because I've done my research and I know this and I know that, mm -hmm. but you really don't know everything. So either that you're in your own way um, and you never think it's good enough or you just uh, are too arrogant to work well with other people. That's good. Yeah. I, 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 I have to piggyback on that. Um, it's, it's, it's all, it's, it's almost like, well, not almost. It is like when people ask who's the greatest basketball player of all time, 
if you ask, you know, just the average person, they might say Michael Jordan, they might say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but there's a lot of NBA players who say Earl Manigault. And a lot of people are like, who, who is that? You know, it's like, no, they call him the GOAT. But the difference between him being a playground legend and Michael Jordan being in the Hall of Fame was discipline. Then you can have all the skills in the world. You can have technique. You can have access to equipment. You can have all of the tools. But if you don't have the self-discipline to practice, if you don't have the hum being humble to listen, the human the humility to, to put yourself in a position. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care how many certifications you have. You should still be in a, in a position to learn something. And if you can't do that, then you're setting yourself up to only be a playground legend. Man, I always say, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you because I told my son, man, before my son, you know, he's going, going to the Navy. And, um, but I said to him, and one players or and the and one players will whoop any NBA team, they'll beat the brakes off of all of them. It don't matter. All the N one teams that play would beat the brakes off cats in the NBA. But the problem with the N one guys is they get in trouble in school. You know, that's good. Can't, can't, yep. can't, they're not. They are not coachable. Right. They, they're not consistent. I see it as a coach when I coach basketball. The the players who have all right talent and they kind of okay. They'll come to practice and work hard, but they just don't have that. They don't have that 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 gift. But the cats who don't have to practice, don't even have to stretch, jump, touch the backboard, dunk, drop threes all day long. They talk back to you, you know, won't won't listen, create bad chemistry on the team for the most part. So I have to agree to say that you know you have to be coachable as an artist if you are blessed to be in a house with a mother and a father that that are that do music and your mother won grammys daddy won grammys mother multi-instrumentalist father multi-instrumentalist you know and and you've been around management you know and and it's, it's very easy for you to kind of have that legacy and moving in your father's and mother's footsteps but if you don't have that, you actually have to get with someone. And that's something that I had to learn. And everything that I know now, man, I had to I had to humble myself and, 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 and get under someone and let someone teach me. How do you feel? Do you still think mentorship is good, Mika? Mika? Oh, definitely. Um, it's so much to know out there that you can never know at all, especially in places like the music industry. Um, there's still so much. I don't know. I, I ask Danny all uh, questions all the time and we've known each other for what, 15 years? Maybe about 15, 16, 16 years. I've been asking him questions about the music industry since day one. I mean, I always saying, um, I always tell him the stories about how I've met this person and that person that are in the music industry, people that, you know, names that we hear all the time, but it's like, we never were able to mesh. But I, you know, I think God just places you with who he wants you with because he know how the story will go. But um, I've always asked any questions about the industry and at, over the time that has changed, one thing that I see him do all the time that I do admire is that he studies it. He studies it. He knows what's going on. He keeps up with all of the news, the companies, the industry changes everything. So um, you definitely have to be willing to learn and recognize that even when you feel like you know everything is going to change tomorrow. 
And, and, and that's a magic word. Rico's magic word that I give him all credit for. Pivot. You got to learn. You got to, as an independent artist, you have to pivot. And you have to be able to pivot quickly. And, you know, if you see a trend, you know, okay, now, uh, well, people are, people are doing wristbands. Okay, now you got a million independent artists that want to do wristbands. Well, then the trend needs to be, you need to do something different. You know what I mean? You need to do something different. Right. Um, you were in the first 10. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, you just, you got to, you got to be able to think quickly. And sometimes that's difficult. Right. But for some people that just want to be creatives, uh, we talked about that not too long ago, that some of, some of us were forced into having to do this, um, having to learn mm -hmm. the business and, and having some mm -hmm. horror stories. You know, it's funny, Shamika, and I still have not to this day been able to track it down. Shamika was on a dance record in the mid '90s in Germany. Oh wow! That they, that they flew her over there, and and she sang on a song, and I don't know if she. And this was way before I met her, so <laughs> I, I don't I don't fuss about it. But I don't know if she signed a contract. I don't know if she signed a release. But they probably made millions and millions of dollars on that on that dance track, and she never saw a dime. Because all she wanted to do was sing, and so it was techno. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, over there. Yeah, right. Kraftwerk, man. You know, and, I, and you know, we remember Kraftwerk music nonstop. That was popping Germany. You know, yeah. France. Like you know, that music is coming back around again because music is cyclical. Right. You know, but I want to say to you too, man, as an artist, if you're listening to it, you know, share the show out. If you're just not turning on the in the box, you have to be willing to fail to be successful. Oh man. You over have over again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when, when I you know, now when I fail, I'm not gonna say it feels good, but my mind is different. Like, man, I ain't gonna go that way no more. Like, man. Right, next. <laughs> next. You know, I ain't gonna dwell on that too much. Right. You you know, you have to be willing to fail to be successful. But I want to I want to talk about songwriting because songwriting is it sounds easy, but it ain't. You have a lot of artists. I, there's a lot of artists, man, that I respect um, that you would never know they were ghostwriters. Like Rick Ross is a ghostwriter. Skills is a ghostwriter. Um, you, you, and, and, and what I love is about being a writer, being able to take your thoughts because before I would ever produce music, I got I got I got stacks and stacks of songbooks that I wrote, and um, and I wrote songs and you know the thing about songwriting you have the ability to project your feelings. Paper, you see something, you can have an imagination, but when you write songs, what's your process? Do you what do you help to help you? to remember, because basically when you're a songwriter, your faucet is nonstop. Your mind is always running. What's your process in writing songs <laughs> and keeping track of, of choruses and, you know, how the song goes? Because I think that's some that's, that's, a, that's a question that I know a lot of people that want to write, when they write, like, how do you, because you, you write a song, let me make it simple, you write a song, you walk away and go wash your car, come back, and you can't get that dog on course again. Listen. And you forget it. <laughs> right. You know, and so what's your process to kind of overcome that? How how do you do that? 
It's so many processes. Um, you know, you, you write a song, you start writing a song, you have a kid, you put that song to the side, three years later, you figure it out. <laughs> um, I've yeah. always written, I have, I'm a journalist, so I have journals and I guarantee you every journal I own has a song in it or half of a song. We've taken pieces of song, like I said, set it to the side a year later, come up with the hook and then decide, oh my gosh, these two can go together. Um, my songwriting process with Danny in the house and music always available is, gosh, I feel like writing. You feel like writing? Okay, he'll go put something together. He'll present it to me. He can tell if I like it immediately because of the look on my face. And if I love it, I'm like, ooh, send it to me now. I want to write. Um, sometimes when I hear it, it's immediately like words start coming into my head. Um, songwriting is probably one of my favorite gifts. Um, if I'm out in the car and I hear a tune because uh, my child picks at me like, if you're around me for at least one hour, you're going to hear some music coming out of my head. I'm always humming. And I thought it was a problem, but I was like, well, I guess that's who I am. I'm, I'm a singer. Um, but if I'm in the car or somewhere where I can't say, let's, let's lay this track, then I might just sing it and record it on my phone, a piece of something. It might be five words, but I might um, just record that one part. And then I hear the harmonies. I record the harmonies and then I'll send it to Danny later and be like, oh yeah, let's do something with this. So my songwriting process is just all the time, no matter where I am, I'm in the shower, I might get a song in my head, I might be listening to praise and worship um, instrumental music and a song will come to my head. So for me, it's just natural. I can't say that I can sit down. It only happens on occasion where I can sit down and write a song from beginning to end without putting it down and having to go think about it. Seasons Change was one of that song, was one of those songs. Um, but most of the time it's just a, oh, it's a constant process. Because again, you know, I've had a lot of time off, but now I'm about to work again full time. So then my desire is going to grow like, oh, I have a song, let's get to it. But then we're going to have to make time to get it done. So it's always happening. I definitely like the songs you've done for me for my show. So, Thank you. Yeah, I love it. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that I, I tell, I tell uh, if you're a songwriter, that, that's good. If you have a cell phone, there's an app, there's an audio app that you can buy, that you can download, and you can record. Um, you can just record your melodies in your head. Sometimes when I when I write songs and being a producer, man, I, I hum I hum a melody, you know, and I, I do the beat with my mouth, so the tempo, I do the changes with my mouth, right into my phone, because when I'm driving sometimes, right. it's like, I'm not going to go back home and put this down, so I pop open that phone hit that recorder and i now you know what i'm saying i beat it and then i turn and i hum it out i hum the chorus i hum the verse part and then if there's a bridge i hum the bridge mm -hmm. and that way when you get ready to go back and start working on your music you can pull that song up it's like i just gave somebody a nugget that you don't have to buy they do sell voice recorders but if you do have a smartphone whether you use an android or you use an apple you can get that audio app it's just an audio app that records you speaking into the phone right uh i think uh let me see here lamont just said something say meek sounds like me especially with songwriting three separate ideas become one song might be walking and thinking and it comes to me. yeah it's like a burden it's like a burden when you have a song on you and you can't get it out it's like you need to, no matter where you are, if I'm at work, I might have to pause and write this down. Like I got these words in my head, I gotta write them down right now and get back to it. And especially a tune, like you said, you have to record it because I might hold on to it for three hours. And if I drop it and do something else major, 
that tune is not going to come back. It's like it's like a gift. It's like the Holy Spirit. Like this is it right now. You need to go lay this down somewhere right. so you don't right. forget about it. So yeah. Be right. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 almost like I call it the jukebox, and the jukebox is always on, especially for both of us. It can be music that we heard, music that we like, um, music that that God may want us to write, and he's he's transmitting it to our minds. Um, there have been times that you know, one, two o'clock in the morning, hey, wake up, listen to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, or, or uh, uh, Danny dreams. Danny dreams his tunes out a lot. I, yeah, I, I have dreams. I, I keep my iPad and my and my iPhone next to the bed because I wake up with a melody. It's like, oh, that's a hit, and and you know, I'm, you know, I'm over there tapping out something on the iPad or whatever. But yeah, it's um. But you don't dream this butt whooping on that man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, go ahead. I'm not getting involved. Actually, dreamed the aftermath of, of having getting you to counseling and, and setting up a support Y'all group. crazy. Setting up a support group. I got one. Right, you know, even for artists and producers, like your inspiration, does it come from something that you've heard before or your life experiences? Because I, I can I can I jump in real quick before Meek does that. Ron, yeah. we had came up to see you. And your lovely wife and we met at um Buffalo Buck yeah. Beach. Yeah. And I had never been there before. Yeah. I didn't did not know the history, did not know anything about it. But as I'm standing there and I'm like, I started hearing music. And wow. it's like I like literally was tearing up because I kept hearing music. And when I got home, I wrote Buckro and it is it is my daughter's favorite sort of lullaby because she loves to hear it and so yeah that is an example of you know sometimes it happens like that um you know to me shamika's voice is just so velvety that i like hear it you know in something so yeah oh beautiful okay yeah. man it is a beautiful too yeah go ahead Thank you. so so do you when you record um when did you first start recording? And then, because there's a difference between performing and then getting in the studio actually recording. What was that experience? When did you first start recording? And what was that experience like? Tell them about the closet. Was it the parking lot at Barnes and Noble first, though? Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Hey, hey, I had a little smartphone. This was, <laughs> this was 2004. I had just met Shamika. And this was before dating. This was just... This was really even before friendship. I, I met her, she sang at my best friend's wedding. And the, the, the woman that my best friend married grew up with her and they were friends. I was a groomsman, she sang at the wedding. And the first thing I noticed was, wow, that's F minor. That's what I write in all the time. So when we finally connected, she put me out of the car, she took my smartphone and she sang a song in my smartphone. I had a little Kyocera phone, and that was the first time we had a session. <laughs> I was glad to know that because, like, I I was at rehearsal with the song, and I was like, "Why is this man staring at me? Why he keeps staring at me?" It was so funny. <laughs> but beyond that, uh, once we realized that we wanted to do some work together, I had an apartment in Greensboro, 
and he used to come there and we actually, yeah, I, I lived alone. I had like a, I don't know, a pantry or something. And that became the studio. So we've recorded everywhere. A lot of songs that you hear that we do now, we've recorded not in a professional studio. I mean, Danny's professional, but not in a place where we had to go and pay somebody else. Uh, we've been there as well, but we just do it where we can, you know? You can't always wait for the, the perfect ideal setup. You just have to do what you do. And that goes back to what, what we touched on a little while ago when I started learning about psychoacoustics and being able to, you know, mentally fool somebody into thinking that, you know, I'm just, I'm here on my keyboard, but you know, you hear the saxophone part and because I'm a saxophone player and because I know how to EQ, EQ a saxophone, you would think that that's actually a saxophone that's playing, but no, that's me <clears throat> wow. um, on the keyboard. Um, so yeah, and so a lot of the recordings that you hear, I think, I think Seasons Change might be the only one that we released that was done in an actual vocal booth somewhere. Everything else was, you know, living room, closet, bathroom, you know, <laughs> wherever we could get a good, a good recording. All right. <laughs> we had so many, so nothing, nothing finer, nothing finer to be off in Carolina. Hey, <laughs> that, All right. Well, I know that's right. That's what's up. When you, the thing that I want to ask you, so when it comes to you, you know, writing your songs, you know, when you're going through something, you know, when you don't feel the best and you're having a hardship, you know, at what emotional state do you find that you write your best music? I write my best music when I am just level-headed or in a joyous state. When I'm upset, I usually can't write. Like, I can't write about my anger while I'm angry because I think I'm just not gifted that way because I don't think God wants me to write songs about anger. He wants me to write songs about joy. He wants me to song, write songs that are uplifting and encouraging. So I don't have the gift to write when I'm in a bad mood. I just don't. And I've tried that before. Like, I want to write about this. I want to no. Now I will write a poem about it. If I'm angry, I can do that, but I cannot write a song in my anger. I just, it's just not, my blessing <laughs> and you know and i say that I'm, I'm the opposite if i'm if everything's going great and i have no pressure and it's in the in this life is before you i can't produce music but if i'm in a hardship i'm in the strain and i'm just depressed like a, you know what i mean like some mm. people get depressed and they act out different ways for me i go and i grab my piano and i make it and, and, and people are like man i could tell man you was going through something you know but and that's the, the great thing about being an artist is knowing uh knowing how you create and how you create best. Freddie just said, he said, uh, songwriting is the one gift where you're pulling something from the unseen world that you cannot see or physically touch and you sing it into this live reality. The one gift where you are taxed by God to say in three minutes what the listener has experienced mm -hmm. over a life time world. Yes, I like that. Big statement. That's dope. Big statement. And if I could augment what I said, I don't, I can write in sadness, but not in my own sadness. Like I can write in tr times of trauma that might be happening in the world. But if it's something that's a direct hit on me, then I can. But I can write like our, um, a last, the last song we wrote, right? It's, it's about traumatic situations, but it's not something that I'm going to sit and cry about because it's my own personal pain. But I can write about 
pain that's happening in the world. That's now, what's so great about being yeah, an artist is that you can you can just do you can be your stuff. You know what I mean? So it's great you can be you. Go ahead, Danny. Uh, uh, yeah, I was just gonna say that I, I'm kind of like you, Rico, and in when she's going through something or and she can't write, I can. So a lot of the tracks that I have, they are basically reflections of what I see her going through. And then when she's in a better state of mind or when she's able to to really receive it, she'll be like, hey, when did you write that? And I'll, you know, just grin and just like, oh, I write all the time. Or when we have a fight and we're not talking, he usually goes to the music. And then when everything is good again, he'd be like, here. You know, just he don't even say nothing. He'll just give it to me like, this is what I did when you was over there acting crazy and it's banging. And it usually is. <laughs> it's like his outlet. It's his outlet. Yeah, <laughs> I man. think he grew up like that. That was his outlet growing up and he's learned how to make it work for him. So, <laughs> yeah, man. If you're just not joining us at On In The Box, man, if you can, share the show out. You know, this show is about creatives, helping creatives uh, grow, expand. And, you know, we always share how-tos, best practices. And although we try to, you know, nothing on here is scripted. I don't believe in scripted. You know, we get in here, man, we we kind of like wilding out in a sense. Uh, we don't we don't practice anything. We just kind of go with the flow. And uh, because we find it is the better way because sometimes things come up. But, you know, we are for you as an independent artist. We want you to be successful. Hey, what's going on, Wayner? Glad to have you. Hey. And uh, we, we, the time is now 9.49, so before we get too far into it, I want to be able to, I will, we'll play, we're going to play this game called 10. And uh, Danny covering his face up. Danny, Danny had to tell you about 10. He said, Danny, why you set your wife up for failure, bro? <laughs> it ain't, no, it ain't even failure. It ain't even failure. It's probably, it's it's, if it's about asking me questions, then he's probably doing that because he knows my answers already. Yeah, like, I just forgot. <laughs> so, I forgot the prep. But, but see how she looked at you, boy? She looked yeah, up to yeah. her. Hey, so, hold on. Let me see. Freddie said from here. <laughs> Freddie said, uh, Shamika and Dre, thank you for your honesty, authenticity, and transparency. Amen. Hey, thank salute you. to you, sir. And, um, you know, like I say, man, you know, if you go back, and I know sometimes, man, you know, I don't have Dr. Dre on here, because Dr. Dre not going to get on my show. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But not yet. They, yeah, you never know. <laughs> but there's a lot of Dr. Dre's that's better than Dr. Dre, that's not a Dr. Dre, yeah. that can change your life. Yeah. And that's the intention Amen. of this show. You know, the the guys, the unknown guys, the unknown people, no-name people, the people that you don't see in the spotlight, the, see, the people that you don't see open up their podcasts. They're not even doing podcasts. It's a lot of genius. It's a lot of talent around here. And and I know what it's like to be gifted and talented. You don't fit in. People make fun of you. You know, when I was growing up, man, I, I played I play all brass instruments, drums and piano. But when I was growing up, it wasn't cool to be in the band. I had, <laughs> right. to, I had to carry around an instrument every day. And people literally made fun of me when I had my trumpet. Why you get around that case all day? You know, like, you know what I'm saying? You, you what you doing? Why you don't wait? You got three book bags. Like, you, you moving every day. 
-hmm. you know, because you had to have a, you had to have a, 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 a take your horn to class. A lot of times, band one in my case was fifth period, so you carrying that junk around all day. <laughs> to a band to go in the locker, so you yeah. on band day you carrying them. But you it's know, like a different kind of nerd, right? Until you get to college, then they love you. <laughs> yeah, they love you. It's like y'all, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I got all the love for the people, man, who've been doing music young. You know, especially because when it wasn't popular. But neither here, neither there. You know, this show, don't count this show out. Go back and hit the replays because a lot of the the women and men that are coming on here, man, they be giving you some nuggets, man. Like, these archives, I'm going to probably sell these archives, man. <laughs> I'm going to have a membership, man, when I get enough archives because all this stuff, man, is nuggets in here. This is stuff, man, that we're... You're not gonna find it in no book, right? <laughs> when I was homeless, <clears throat> when I was homeless, you know, I would go to Barnes and Noble and read books from nine in the morning to eleven o'clock at night. I read biographies, I read music business, everything I every book I read on the music business, which is now obsolete because that was back in 2008, 2007, 2008, and the whole game has changed. But I would read biographies and reading the life of other people. Uh, read, you know, reading the lives of other people, it taught me a lot. Freddie say, Rico, your show is one of the few non-pretentious shows on the net. Why else would I be up at 2 <laughs> to 5 a.m. here in the UK? Listen to me. Yes. <laughs> listen. Listen. Now, I, I told y'all something. My biggest royalty come from the UK. I didn't listen. know you was from the UK, Yeah, Freddie. Yeah, Freddie. Oh, like, oh, I didn't oh, know wait, you was wait, from wait, the wait. UK, bro. Y'all hear that, Y'all hear that sound? That, that's Rico's hey, head blowing up just a little bit. <laughs> you hear that? We love the no, UK. Man. We can't wait to come over there. <laughs> no, man. I, but you know what, Fred? That just encouraged me, bro. That's you know what I'm saying? You know, and we were just talking. We just, I think we were talking about this last night. We were just talking about I'm like, man, I don't know. For whatever reason, man, the people in the UK, man, be rocking with me, man. I'm trying to get, I think you know. On the music industry makeover. Yeah, we were talking about that. I think that was last night. Uh, so yeah, he's seen the music yeah. makeover a few times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. man. Fred, hey, man, that's a blessing, bro. You know, yeah, that's all right. And, and uh, man, and, and he said the show is original. That is the whole purpose, and we get ready to do this other show, man, called Producers Logic. You know, what I'm saying land up, land of the Beatles, boy. Look at here, it's a whole lot of musicians, bro, in the UK, dude. It's a whole nother, it's a whole nother musicality or whatever. Uh, when people now, start talking respect. about influence, when you start talking about influences in the late Ooh. 80s, early 90s, you start talking about Jazzy B, Carl Macintosh, you know, you're looking at Loose Ends, Soul to Soul, um, you know, Karen Wheeler. Oh, yes. You yeah. know what I mean? And that whole um, New color. That whole collective. Yeah, that whole collective, man. The UK soul was something, man. Still and that's so. that's when I lived overseas during that era. I was in high school over there, so my music, my, my love for music is so diverse. Wow! Because I had so much uh, cultural opportunity to hear all kinds of things. Uh, you you know the thing. Let me tell you something. There's a couple movies, man. That I like. I like movies that are bi 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 biographical, biographical about musicians. And I, I watched Rocket Man with Elton John. And Elton John, man, you know, when I look at the 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 that's his issues, you know, him and his partner, man, his partner Barney, that wrote with him, and you know, and how 
just as life went from starting to finish. And there's so many things that that musicians, man, go through. Man, it is it's crazy because you can learn a lot, man. You can see you can see somebody else going through something, and you can tweak it help you tweak your life. You may be right. at that point, right? That they have went through, and you are just now getting to that door. And I remember when I and this no, I kid you, no, no lie. I, I, when I went when I went into homelessness, I was afraid. I was like, I ain't never, been, you know, what I'm saying like, what's going on? And I remember this brother, man, and me and his brother friends to this day, man. He's from Washington D.C. Dude, name is Ron, and he's like, man, look, bro, let me and let me help you with something, bro. He said, you look outside, you see all those people, man. They got somewhere to be. They hustling, they bustling. He said, well, man, I'm finna turn you on to some game. And I just heard an Xbox come on somewhere, but. <laughs> You know, I heard that too. I heard it, boy. I know what the Xbox sounds like. Oh my God. He, he said, he said, man, I'm gonna turn you on to some game. He said, now look, you can come here to this bookstore and you can read. As long as you don't mark in the books, you can read all the books, man, that you want to read, which is way more than what somebody can pay you an hour on the job. And the reason that God has turned the faucet on my life and I got all these ideas, man, I'm not a stuff, man. Like music industry makeover in the box, the attic. We're finna do a lot of stuff, man, and, and the Lord is bringing this stuff up. The Lord is opening doors, and He's just bringing stuff up and stuff that I learned. And when I was at a bad point of my life, and it's like it's been compartmentalized, and the Lord just popping this stuff off. And I'm gonna say, and I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. You may be going through something as a musician. The more gifted you are as a musician, the more gifted you are as a singer, writer, producer. The more stuff you're gonna deal with internally, because we see life through a different set of colors. We are always dealing with it. We probably may not have a lot of outward battles. We may have some, but any outward battles we have, our internal battles are gonna be like three, four times, five times, whatever you see us going on the outside. But it's that greatness. And what am I saying? I'm saying that what you need to do is. Go and start looking at somebody's life, not to be like them, but to learn from them. You know, I don't want to be like anybody. I want to learn. Go ahead, go ahead, Dan. What are you going to say, yeah. brother? And and and, Sh and Mika uh, will remember this. I th I think I I preached a message one time where I talked about how uh, J.K. Rowling was homeless, going um through a divorce and had a kid and was going through going sitting at a cafe every day and she decided that she was just going to write a story you know this is all i got this is my shot this is what i need to do and that story turned into harry potter and seven years later she's a billionaire you know you just don't understand that how close you could be if, if you, you know sometimes man god just makes you launch sometimes you ain't got no choice this is it i gotta use what i got I got to do right now. And you know, you, you brought up the Beatles. Rico, I promise you, I was, I've never been homeless, but I've been through a period where I was unemployed, didn't have a whole lot of money, didn't have a lot of places to go. And I was in, in Barnes and Noble the exact same time between 2007 and 2008. And I would read about the Beatles and how seven or eight record companies turned the Beatles down. Wow. You, know, you know what wow. I mean? It's just like, wow, wow. really? The Beatles? You know, they, wow. they made so much money that it's four generations and they're <laughs> still billionaires. 
So now we're finna get the 10. So basically I'm gonna ask you these 10 questions. <laughs> it's it's either or you don't have no time to think about it, right? You can't <laughs> think about it. You got the you got the right of the answer off. It's not a it's not a right or wrong. It's about how your mind thinks, right? We just want to see how you think. You be okay. you. There is no right or wrong answer, right? <laughs> you know. So, all right, here we roll. Y'all ready? Let's get it. All right, here we go. Let me see. We got a comment. Okay, no, no. Okay, all right. So, Jill Scott or Fantasia? Fantasia. Rhapsody or Remy Ma? No preference. Rhapsody. <laughs> Malcolm X or Martin Luther King? The Malcolm X. Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Ruth or Deborah? Ruth. Dope bars or dope cadence? Cadence. A hundred million. Would you rather have a hundred million dollars with five years to live or 75,000 with 20 years to live? 75,000. Pork chop or fried chicken? Fried chicken. <laughs> Five minutes early or three minutes late? Three minutes late. <laughs> Finally, somebody <laughs> being real. Late. All these things we talk about. Five minutes, minutes late. late. <laughs> no, it's late. Ten minutes uh, late. <laughs> engaging hook or super dope verse? Super dope verse. That's what it is. Ten. <laughs> Let's see, Freddie, man, he said something here. He said, Freddie said, UK and USA have a great reciprocal appreciation of what God has given to each of us. Few people know that David Bowie turned to Vandross to produce those life-lasting uh, Sonics on Bowie's Young America's album. Industry right. thought Bowie was creating Sonic suicide. So just do you. Can, can, I, can, I, can I chime in, Freddie? You yeah, are man. so correct. There, there are at least five uh, UK artists that I hold in the highest esteem. Two of them are David Bowie and and um, Elton John. You want to know why? Because they were on Soul Train. As a matter of fact, <laughs> David Bowie was the second white person on Soul Train. Yep. He went on Soul Train as Ziggy Stardust. That's how much he was like. He, that's how much he was like himself. And and you know he was just fearless. So he's absolutely right about that statement. I got to go follow Freddie. Freddie is Freddie an artist or just a music lover? <laughs> My friend is an artist, man. You see that you're singing on the microphone? Well, the name sounds familiar. Right the name hey, sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, duh. Freddie yeah, yeah. Kofi. I'm going to follow Freddie Kofi. Anybody with the name Kofi, you know he's bad. Hey, Freddie, <laughs> Freddie, um, you got some um, friends now. Um, I had watched that movie, um, Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, story by Queen with Freddie. Yeah. That was a bad joker. That hey, telling you, bro. Bro, hey, man, you can't, man. Hey, look, and Ron, Listen. you know, you know that a lot of us did not realize who he was when we was listening to another one bites the dust. Exactly. I thought we, that was we, a, yeah. a black group. Hey, we, we thought that was a black group. I thought that was a black hey, yeah. songwriter. Freddie's a songwriter. Yeah, Fred is a songwriter. That's good, man. Yeah, man. Man. No, I, I, your, your, your man, your name is dope, Freddie Kofi. That's yeah, it is. that's dope, man. Like you came, you came, man. Y'all, 
Yellow cats, man, just a different breed, bro. Like, I, I don't know, man. I just, you know, when I watch, when I, I, I like, my classics, man, Rocket Man, Elton John, uh, Rocket Man, um, who, what else, man? I love, I Phil love Collins. them. Phil yeah, Collins. man. Yes. Genesis. Yeah, man. Yeah. Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, hey. And, and wow. Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. Anyway, Gunny and Brent born in Nottingham, Robin Hood land. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's up, man? Um, Wainer is too. Uh, Wainer, that's um um on here. So um, she she's from England. She's one of our artists and all. So definitely y'all. And and man, cool, dope. Y'all a different breed, man. It's not like Americans to to the sense, man. But you know, I I said all that to say, man. You know, even though you're an independent artist. You know, you have to start somewhere. You know what right. I mean? But in the last word, me, uh, you know, what can they tell, tell everybody where they can meet, where they can get to me? How can they find Facebook, and I need to update my page at um, I am Meek. Instagram, uh, uh, Meek Sings, as you can see right there. Um, Twitter, Meek Sings. I don't use Twitter much, but um, also on our music page, Soul Resurrection Music. And um, of, of a last thought, I think one of my other favorite part about being an artist with children is that my children are also artists and they reflect back everything that we're doing. So, And uh, Lamont say Kofi's parents are from Ghana. He, I guess Lamont is asking you, bro, is your parents from Ghana? But um, <clears throat> the thing is, is we're glad, we glad you took time man, to come on the show. We appreciate you. If you guys are just now plugging in, you got to hit the replay. We hit a lot of great points, man. Um, go follow Meek, man. You, you know, in order to have relationships, you gotta. If you don't like your circle, you don't like the people, man. That's that's what you're doing, man. Change, change man. Come, come, give us some new people, man. You know, cause we not. I talk to everybody, man. You know, people in my box, all inbox me all the time, just to chop it up, just to say hey. And I don't, I, I'm a down to earth cat, man. I don't think I'm all that, man. You know, yeah. that's being honest with you. Any, any last words you want to say, D-Ray? No, uh, also, you can follow us on uh, the Divine Favor Project uh, on social media. Um, we're branching out into doing electronic music, ambient, um, different different things of expression, different means means of expression. And look, like Rico said, hey, if, if you don't like your circle, change your circle and get with some people that want to see you win. You know, if, if not just one, not just one person watching, you know, wanting you to watch them eat. You need to get with somebody that wants everybody to eat. You know, get you a team, get you a squad. Squad goals. Yeah. yeah. And what better squad? MIL. Hey, it is what it is. Musicindustrymakeover.com. Hey, come and check us out. You know what I mean? Go check us out, man. You know, follow the page, man. Go to, you know, if you go to Southern Emperor, follow in the box. We're going to have the sites up, man, in a minute. You know, uh, I ain't going to say to you, go ahead, Ron, before you. Go ahead, Ron. Did you oh, want to... Hey, you know, remember, you matter in the kingdom of God, all right? So don't compare yourself or your ministry to anyone else. Just do what God's called you to do, and you'll be just fine. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, we actually, man, are going to be up. So you can look for music industry makeover. Be ready, uh, like maybe the third. We'll be ready to go. But when you go to Amazon, look for the music industry makeover app that you can download. Uh, you'll see that it's titled the Music, uh, uh, the music Industry Makeover Podcast. And uh, by the 10th, you'll see in the box, you'll see Critical Dialogue. Uh, we're going to be bringing uh, just a, a, a few more of the channels, you know, 
for you as well. Be looking for Brand Life Media. Uh, we got a lot of things, man, coming to you. We're trying to we're trying to turn it up a little bit. Um, and the last thing, man, that I want to say before we get out of here is like you have to start. Despise not small beginnings, for the latter end shall greatly increase. Stop looking, trying to. You can't start at the latter end it, with being large. Right. Right. Amen. Learn. Learn how to be satisfied with a beginning. And sometimes with a beginning, I remember, man, when I first started doing any podcast, man, I had zero. And I and then right before I did my podcast, I had somebody do a post to say, if you got zero viewers, don't don't open up your mic and embarrass yourself. So you imagine, but you gotta start. It don't matter. You know what? If you go to a concert and you only have two people. And one clapping and one look at you crazy, man, do the very best show that you can do because it's not going to always be like that. Be consistent. And I think what we fail to do as independents, because on mainstream, you have people to help you be accountable. Right. You have people that are doing things for you to help you stay consistent. They book you with, with shows. They book you with uh, interviews. They book you with book signings or record signings or shirt signing or or merchandise signing, you have people, man, that are that are uh, holding you accountable. But as an independent, you have to keep yourself accountable. You got to be consistent. So don't worry about starting and not being huge. Remember, we're gonna keep saying this until the day we. I'm not on here. You only need a thousand super fans. One thousand super fans. You get 1,000 people to spend $100 a year with you. That is $8.50 per month. You will rake in $100,000 per year off of 1,000 people. You don't need 20,000 people to follow you. You just need 1,000 people. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know who you are. I don't, you watching this show, you probably can't come in because you're probably somewhere else and you can't come in on the screen, but I can guarantee you that you have a thousand people that love what you're doing. It's all right to create weird music. It's a bunch of weird sounds that you, man, make some weird stuff. There's, it, it don't have, as long as it makes sense to you, you can be consistent in your weirdness. Guess what? Your weirdness is going to produce a thousand weird followers buy your weird music to make you make a hundred thousand dollars in weird money you know what i'm saying you don't have to be like everybody else be weird i'm gonna tell you right now y'all know i don't care man be weird be be weird get you a t-shirt and say i make weird music i think i'm gonna make a t-shirt I, I might do a pack podcast called weird music and we may debut weird music music that's not the norm we might do yeah. a podcast called weird music okay we're always thing. trying to Curating the show. Yeah. You know, if God, if God places something in your heart, then He's placing people out there that's waiting on it. Amen. Yeah. Period. And look, and keep the attitude. I tell Shamika all the time, I don't lose. Either I win or I learn. I don't lose. And Thank you, Freddie, man. We appreciate you too, bro. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah. Next Tuesday is Critical Dialogue, and, and next Thursday is the Music Industry Makeover. All right. Freddie, Freddie, me and Mika meet, reaching out to you so as after the show. Yeah. And connect with Wainer, too. Wainer. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. Man. So, Wainer, so, so, so right yeah, right. Amen. Right, right, right. That's right. That's, beautiful. That's, beautifully, that's beautifully weird. Yes, sir. Yes. And listen, man. I want to thank you guys, man, for tuning in, man. Continue to, continue to follow Music Industry Makeover. 
continue to follow in the box. We got a show called the Attic. If y'all remember rap the, the rap city, but we we got a whole different version that we're doing is a little different. Uh, it's called the Attic. We gonna that we get ready to bring DJ Run and Run, um, and and as well. If you get a chance, go support Critical Dialogue with Andrew Crawley, DJ Run and Run. Uh, they talk about life issues. Don't forget, I'm on with Pastor Ricky on Sunday on Just Life. Right. And then, and if and if you're looking for a a, a word, a word, man, uh, uh, Ricky's gonna be on every Sunday uh, on the channel Fire Stick and Roku. You know, giving you a message, man, and and, and he's a close. We man, we close, close, close. And I'm telling you, you know, he got a word for you, man. You know, and it's a real word. You know, ain't nothing hokey pokey. You know, nothing that you can't that that's not that you can't touch. Because a lot of us, a lot of people, man, need to see the realness. Begin to share yourself, man, with people. You know, if you got an idea, and I'm finna shut up, man. You got an idea, put your idea out. Your idea, just because it's different and it's weird. And, and it, don't tell people your ideas, because if you share your ideas with people, they'll try to kill your dream. They'll kill your vision, because they won't be able to see in the direction that you're going or, or to the height that it could be, and you could see it. And man, and the devil use the devil use people. The devil yeah. use people, man, to kill your vision. Definitely. And Amen. you'll be so beat up. That's why we got all these artists that are trying to sound like everybody else because they're afraid to be weird. I'm telling you, it's okay to be weird. And if you don't get anything from this show tonight, it's be okay weird. to be weird. <laughs> Amen. New hashtag. Be weird. Be weird. Be weird. God bless. Good night. <laughs>